He's ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. We've witnessed C.J. Stroud's first game as an NFL quarterback. We're going to be doing this all year because, like Blankers said earlier, look, C.J. Stroud gives you hope in this city, right? Gives you hope that he's going to be a franchise quarterback. Gives you hope because you need a franchise quarterback in the NFL, for the most part, uh, that he will get this franchise back to relevance. So we're going to be grading C.J. Stroud each and every week. We're going to grade C.J. Stroud kind of like boxers. We'll probably do thumbs up, thumbs down, something like that. Uh, talk about his performance, how he did. His numbers, one thing, how we see him, like I test another. His numbers, 28 of 44, 242 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Sacked five times. Most of the time it wasn't his fault. Sometimes it was. QBR, 21, quarterback rating of 78. What did you see from C.J. Stroud in his first game as a professional quarterback? I saw a guy that didn't lose the game for you. And I saw a guy that was had the deck kind of stacked against him with what he had blocking for him. And I saw a guy that didn't look like a deer in the headlights. Didn't look like the moment was too big, no matter what, if it was first starting the NFL or not. And that magnifies everything as much as anything else, too. And he did better than any Texans quarterback in the, as a rookie in their first start ever the, across the board. And, you know, and, and Watson's first game, he threw for a buck and a quarter. You know, and you can eliminate if you'd like, but you know David Carr was drafted to be the franchise quarterback. He had two TDs and a pick and 145. But he beat the Cowboys. He did. But I'll go, I'll go David Carr. I think. But I, I like the fact that he put 242 on the board with a with a makeshift offensive line that got more patch quilt makeshift as the game went on. And, and I was impressed with the fact that he was in control the entire time. He didn't seem phased. He didn't seem like you know happy feet. And, and so. I, th- that, th- that kind of stuff is the stuff that made me feel a whole lot better with the team going forward. Poncho said he gave a, gr- a grade for Stroud. It was one poop emoji. <laughs> really eloquently put there, Poncho. That's why we love the Twitchers, twitch.tv slash ESPN975. Slime Season says need a better rating than 79. 713-780-3776. Your grades of C.J. Stroud in his first uh, first outing as a professional. I thought that there were times he held on to the ball way too long. Th- there were some moments where he made some low s 2 plays uh, to be quite honest the fourth and one where they went for it the first fourth down that they went for it for uh, first quarter takes a sack for like a loss of 10 like look i understand it's fourth down like you got to just toss it up and hope you get lucky in that spot or literally throw it away and save yourself the lost yards that was not and i understand that the offensive line gave you no time to throw there's going to be moments in the nfl where you have no time to throw and you need to throw it through the sideline of the nearest receiver and just take your medicine uh, so he he did have moments where he just could not get rid of the ball, and that happened really throughout. Um, there was another spot where he, he his elusive his elusiveness I thought was good. Like he would get out of he would scramble out of some potential sacks, out of some hurries, but then would get careless with the ball. Like he would he would elude the initial rush, kind of you know boot out to the left or the right, and just sling the ball up the field. Which like he didn't have any interceptions in the game. I thought he had two or three that were very near interceptions. There was the one in the first half where he rolled left, and he actually could have ate it and gone out of bounds after he eluded the two defenders. And then he side-armed it, didn't square his shoulders up, and threw a duck up that... Yep. Yeah, that That's was... what I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah. So there was times where he was a little careless with the ball. Uh, another note where he just has to get rid of the ball. Like, I wrote it multiple times, because I thought that was the worst thing that he did yesterday, was he, he ate some sacks. Look, the offensive line's not good. There was multiple plays, though, where he could have gotten rid of the ball and saved the offensive line of a sack. This one's very nitpicky, but there was three minutes left yesterday. They were down by 16. 
and he's like trying to gain extra yards on the ground. Like, yeah. eh, take oh, block, you're yeah. gonna lose this game. I don't need you taking hits. Even if you're shy of the first down with three minutes left down sixteen, you can't be taking these hits. Here was CJ Stroud after the game on what he thought of his NFL debut. I mean, of course, it wasn't what we wanted and uh gotta just be better overall myself. Gotta make more plays, gotta check the football, hold the football, really just get it out on time, um and uh, be better in and out the huddle and things like that. So had some positive things, but we got to just keep growing from here and, and keep getting better. That's the thing that encouraged me with Stroud was the areas that I didn't think he was good at, you didn't think he was good at, most people didn't think he was good at. He knew it. He knew it right away. And it wasn't a situation where it's like, you know, he didn't understand why he threw an interception. He didn't understand why he played poorly. He didn't understand that he missed a receiver by five yards. It was kind of choppy offensively, which you should expect as a rookie quarterback in the NFL. He realized that he had some times where he held on to the ball too long, and he understood that he had times whenever he was like late getting to the line of scrimmage, where they were late getting out of the huddle. All of those things, he was the first one to bring up, which is very encouraging to me. Also... Like, all the areas of weakness I saw of Stroud, they weren't lack of talent weaknesses. Well, they're fixable. They're rookie weaknesses that we should expect for a rookie playing in his first ever NFL game, but they're also you know areas where you expect him to get better the more well, snaps he gets in his NFL career. And kind of what I was alluding to, too, in terms of the fact that he had some things going against him no matter how he played. And one of the other things going against him is normally when you got a rookie quarterback in his first year, I mean his first ever start in the NFL, you normally have an experienced offensive coordinator and an experienced coach. But the fact that you've got the complete trifecta and you've got Slowick calling his first game, you've got D'Amico in his first uh, coaching jo- uh, head coaching uh, game, and then you got him playing his first game. Not that it's a negative that the deck was stacked against him. It's just that's really tough for everybody to kind of take those lumps, have those growing pains. And expect the amount of success, any kind of success, and then you factor in the offensive line. Yeah, so, I think I think too. Like with CJ, I I kind of like the situation he's in in a weird way. These guys don't fail their entire lives. Like when has CJ Stroud ever struggled on a football field? Probably except for parts of Georgia, Michigan. Like, uh, yeah, games here Very and there. Few. But like most of these, I mean, think about like Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence didn't lose his first professional like a, a football game until he was. In the NFL. Like, he never lost a regular season game from high school to college so he was in the NFL. Like, these guys don't fail. They have the best talent around them at all times. They're always more athletic and better than everyone. Like, I thought CJ played really well for what he had. Because, like, my biggest issue with the game was it seemed very clear to me that the bootleg was a disaster. That every single time they tried to run a bootleg pass, the offensive line couldn't hang, and CJ didn't know what to do with it. And when they stopped going to it and just let him, like, throw the ball in the middle of the field, he knew where to go with it consistently, and he made good throws. So, like, I thought he was really solid. Like, frankly, I don't know how you watch this game unless you put blinders on and didn't watch the rest of Sunday and not say he's already better than a handful of quarterbacks Uh. in the NFL. I'm not saying that, like, it's, like, an accomplishment to be better than Justin Fields and Josh Dobbs. Like, he's definitely better than those two guys. He's definitely better than Sam Howell. Like, it was a good first game for C.J. Stroud. See, there's two ways that you have to look at Stroud the entire year. The entire year. One is the development of C.J. Stroud. Like, if he can, if he's better next week than this week, thumbs up. So there's two ways you have to look at Stroud the whole year. One is, like, understanding he's a rookie quarterback that's going to take some lickings along the way. 
The other way that you look at C.J. Stroud is where is he at relative to the NFL? Because game one for a rookie quarterback in the NFL, I thought C.J. Stroud was good. I thought for the first game a rookie can play, he was good. C.J. Stroud relative to the average quarterback in the NFL was not. Was not. That offense was not good. They didn't score a touchdown. Like, they had issues offensively. So C.J. Stroud relative to the entire NFL, not up to par, C.J. Stroud is a rookie starting his first ever game at the quarterback position in the NFL. Good. So you have to be able to divide the two all you year do. long. I, I just think, too, when, you, when you're talking about a guy that didn't lose you the game. You know, I, I think that I mean, they, they scored nine points. I understand like, they didn't that they score didn't a score touchdown. the points, but I don't think that he was for personally responsible for – he's not calling the plays, and, and he's doing all he can as he's already kind of running for his life in, in a lot of situations to where – he didn't. You're right. He didn't score points, but at the same time, he didn't throw picks and fu- and and drop get fumbled I mean, and not protect nine the football. Points in the NFL, you're not going to win games. But I'm not saying he didn't have to win the game. But the thing is, he didn't lose the game, and that to me is as big as anything for me because he didn't panic. He didn't freak out. He didn't lose the ball. He did not protect the ball. Yes, he hung onto the ball too long sometimes. But I think that the fact that he wasn't throwing bad picks or or missing guys that when he did have a little time to throw the football. That's that's above, especially last year when you look at Davis Mills. Yeah. I would like to see CJ oddly maybe throw some interceptions because like, I'd like to see them be a little more aggressive on offense. See, I think a like, lot of collectively. Their, I think a lot, like to Blanger's point, I think they were pretty conservative for so many different reasons. Like, one, it's his first game. Two, the offensive line is a disaster. The wide receivers get no space. Mm, that's the, that's three, kind of another thing. Three, too. the Niners system wants you to get rid of it quickly. Yeah, and that's that's when that's where he struggled. Like he was holding on to the ball way too long. So like if we give a thumbs up, thumbs down on CJ Stroud in week 1, I'm going to like grade CJ Stroud on two different fronts. I'm going to grade his development as a rookie quarterback in the NFL, and for game 1, this is what we have to work with. I'll give that a thumbs up. CJ Stroud relative to the quarterback position in the NFL, taking the rookie filter out of the equation was a thumbs down. He wasn't good yesterday relative to the rest of the NFL. He was good for where he's at in the processes of his, of his NFL career. If that's your feeling, let me ask you this. If you put, I don't want to say top five of the league, but if you took the rest of the quarterbacks in the NFL and put them in that same situation yesterday, how many of them would have come out with a thumbs up and would have put you know points on the board? A lot of Not many. Better, I don't think so. Not many at all. That That's why, to me, I'm giving them a thumbs up because of the fact that I don't think anybody put into that situation and predicament, no matter unless you're a top five quarterback or maybe top seven quarterback in this league. I'm not sure that many are, are going to you know squeezing blood out of a turnip yeah. and going to get more out of it. I just can't give a thumbs up to an offense that had zero points. And but, I, I, but I'm I, only grading him. You're right, and I think that if you had a thumbs up, you're going to score at least a touchdown. Like I see where you're coming from. The, the 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 situation that he was in yesterday is not ideal. It was pretty poor. The offensive line, miserable. The receivers aren't going to get any better, though. Like, the offensive line's going to get better. The receivers aren't. This One is, could this if he is, got the ball more. Yeah, and probably been on the field more. But I can't give a thumbs up to a guy who didn't didn't produce a touchdown on the offensive side. I, I like where he's at in his development. I give that a thumbs up. I like where he's at in his development. But relative to the rest of the NFL, the rest of the quarterbacks at the, in the NFL, I, I have to give him a thumbs down. Yeah, I just think, like, when you look at, like, maybe not even just compare the rest of the quarterbacks right now, but – as a rookie, his first start, mm-hmm. should be pretty happy. Like, there's a lot to work on and develop. And there was moments where you go, all right, like, there's some good stuff here. The only nitpicky thing I'll really get after him on, his stuff was really low a lot of times. Like, I felt like the ball was in the dirt. We saw, like, the Robert Woods play where, like, he thought he caught it when they challenged it, which I thought was a good challenge because, like, I think 
without that zoomed in from behind. Like I, I thought they could even rule that one a catch. His stuff is in the dirt a lot. That was the only thing I'd like to, you know, throw it like towards the chest a little bit. CJ. Yeah, I mean, yeah, especially as a ball placement specialist, right? So thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Man, y'all have a very low bar. Nine points, a guy who's taken sacks left and right. It's his first game. Yeah, I was going to say. Sure, but where's he at relative to the rest of the NFL? Like, if you're, if you're judging Pat Mahomes, that's a thumbs down. But He's better than Joe Burrow but, yesterday. That's true. <laughs> Joe Burrow would also He's, get a thumbs down. I know, but if, I that, know. if If, if C.J. Stroud gives you that – and look, I don't expect C.J. Stroud to produce the game that he gave you yesterday his rest, rest of his career. That's why a first game, thumbs up. But if that's the game you're getting from your quarterback position every single game well, of CJ, yeah. th- that's what we're comparing it to. No, but like, like for no, this I'm game, saying, for, for the, his first game ever the, in the, the NFL. Okay. You're kind of moving the goalposts because we're saying that there's two different ways to look at it. First game in the NFL, thumbs up. This type of quarterback play in the NFL, I give it a thumbs down. Y'all give it thumbs up. That's fine. Yeah, That's I'm fine. fine. I'm fine. Honestly, with I'm fine with a thumbs up for this first game. Y'all like nine points off nine points from your know. offense. That's uh-huh. Low bar. You get this quarterback play from C.J. Stroud is every game of his entire career. Like well, that's if that's a if, if yeah, that's what but, we're talking but about. It's, it's the variables that's the relative that, to the NFL. No but, no, but we're talking about relative you to the NFL, we're and then you're ways. talking about right. the whole his whole. Career. I didn't say that. I'm grading him on what he did in his first game in the NFL on the road with uh, the deck stacked against him. Okay, but if this so C.J. Stroud yesterday versus every quarterback in the NFL yesterday is a thumb up or thumb down? Was he above average or below average relative to the quarterback position in the NFL go, Week One when you take away? All the caveats of being a rookie and this being game one. Can I go thumb sideways? Sure, if you want to be on the fence. That's I'm, cool. I'm going I'm to fence ride that one. If CJ Stroud produces that game every single week, the Texans are going to be a six win team forever. Like, you can't win with the way he played yesterday. Now, again, game one, we expect there to be development. There's going to be development. I fully believe that CJ Stroud's going to be good, but the game that he put on paper yesterday is not good enough. He's got to be better. But it's we. Okay. Right, that's We're the two different to... things, though. Okay. Like, where is he at in his development? A, B, relative to the rest of the NFL at the quarterback position, where is he at? I mean, we just started the clock, and this is the first judgment we have. I'm not saying I want this for the rest of his career, but if we're grading him on one game and it being his first game and with everything going the way it's going, I'm going to give him a thumbs up. Right, that's, that's A. That's option A. Now, option B, where is C.J. Stroud stack up against every other quarterback in the NFL in week one? Like, his play is still not up to par. I, do I expect it to get there? Yes. Will it? Totally believe that it will. Was it there yesterday? No! No! He was a below-average NFL quarterback yesterday. He should be. He's a rookie quarterback in the NFL. 713-780-ESPN. How do you grade Stroud's performance? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. How, how do you grade C.J. Stroud in game one? I think there's two different ways you have to look at it. One, where is he at in his development? And then where is he at if average is par at the NFL quarterback position? Uh, where he's at in his development, thumbs out, thumbs up. If the 16th, 17th NFL quarterbacks are average, Stroud is below average still. Uh, seven, And he should be. I'm telling you, he should be. Uh, baby Branham must not be sleeping through the night. Fifty thirty says uh, eight nine nine eight. Y'all should 
drug test Joe George after that take. I know he's a rookie and it was his first game. However, what I saw was a quarterback who was seeing the game a million miles a minute and was holding onto the ball way too much like a young Watson. There's definitely That's room cool. to grow. That's Honey fine. Watch other football teams play. And then come back to I me. Love Joe. No, because seriously, like that's the one thing I, I learned on Twitter this weekend is that like most Texans fans don't watch the NFL. I'm just gonna be honest with you. If, like it's an unpopular take, but like watch the Carolina game. CJ showed yesterday relative to the quarterback position in Week One was not good. That's not what I'm saying, Jeremy. What I'm saying is that like people have never seen a rookie quarterback have a like play their first game in the NFL. That's not what you're. That, that, that is, is what, that's what you're saying, but. Everybody agrees that for a rookie quarterback in People game in, one, his development is fine. No one's arguing that. Look at his Twitter development. Yesterday. CJ Stroud sucks. Well, CJ I mean, Stroud's in, terrible. CJ Stroud's a bad pick. In game is a little different than like I know. let's have this twenty thousand mile view afterwards. Sure. No one, no one on our text line right now, no one on our Twitch right now is saying that CJ Stroud is behind in his development. In fact, it's the opposite. Everybody's criticizing me. Like, what is Bradham looking at? If you look at C.J. Stroud's play yesterday to the other 31 quarterbacks in the NFL, C.J. Stroud's below average. And that's fine. He should be. No one's saying that he shouldn't be. I'm curious to at what point in this season we see C.J. Stroud play like a top 15, 16 quarterback. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to enjoy the ride of C.J. Stroud getting to that point. On the fact, who's playing with him? Yes, it depends on that. Because, you know, if your offensive line's intact, and the one thing that might not change all year is he might not have enough weapons to throw to. He might not have receivers that are going to do enough or be open enough, get open enough for him to be able to do everything. That's why it's it's on a curve because you got you got to grade him, and then you got to factor in grading him dealing with who he's got to deal with. Sure. And you also said he was holding on to the ball way too long. I saw it. I, there I was agree moments of his yeah. game where he was holding on to the ball too long. There, Joe brought up the point where he underthrew a couple of receivers, the Robert Woods challenge being one of them. Everybody is fine where where C.J. Stroud is at in his development. That's vacuum one. Vacuum two is where is C.J. Stroud relative to the rest of the NFL. And it's going to take C.J. Stroud a while to catch up to the rest of the NFL because he's a rookie. There's going to be growing pains. Everybody knows that. Yes, C.J. Stroud is great with his development. C.J. Stroud's where he should be as a rookie, maybe even ahead of where he should be as a rookie. But C.J. Stroud has a ways to go before he's par compared to other NFL quarterbacks relative to the NFL. Somebody in the Twitch said you must have thought Peyton Manning was awful as a rookie. He was! He was! Peyton Manning was awful as a rookie. Most rookie quarterbacks are. But if you're grading C.J. Stroud relative to the rest of the league, is that unfair? I don't know. Like, that's kind of what he's chasing, right? Isn't he chasing being a top 10 quarterback? Isn't he chasing being one of the better quarterbacks in the league? Should he be there in week one? No, he shouldn't be there in week one. Do I expect him there in week 10? Not really. Do I expect him there in week 15? I hope so. I hope we see a C.J. Stroud that at one point this season becomes an above average quarterback in the NFL. We're going to hold C.J. Stroud to the standard of where you are in the NFL. Is it going to take him a while to get there? Yes. Is he there now? No. That's my point. I think at a certain point it's fair to grade him to the rest of the NFL. When is it fair? Again, there's lots of factors that, that... Go into that, like who, who's around you, skill, position, and otherwise. You know what what kind of team is doing their job around you, so you can do yours. So I, I don't think in week one it's fair to say how is he stacked up against every other court. We already know that in, in you know rookie years of starting quarterbacks in the NFL, things don't go well. So I'd say you know what, yeah, 
that's why there's different things than just saying, did he score touchdowns or did he get wins and losses? That's how you're graded by NFL standards is moving one, the offense. In week one. But I think later in the season, that's, that's you're going to want to see more development that's changing in terms the conversation. of scoring. And, okay, go ahead. It is. It's changing the conversation. Okay. Where is he at relative to the NFL? That's what I asked. So you're, you're making all of these like qualifications. Well, he's a rookie in week one. Well, his offensive line's terrible. Well, his receivers are bad, which are true. But relative to the NFL, he's still below par. Do I expect him to be over par at some point? Yeah. Do I expect him to be there yet? No. That's what the question's been since 7 a.m. Okay, he's going silent treatment. Joe, let's have a conversation. When do you exp- Let's go out to the HRP listener line. 713-780-3776. Blankers is sensitive and is crying. He's I'm not, not going to talk. I'm done because it's going around in a circle and I don't want to piss off the listeners. We've got plenty of calls. Yeah, that's, that means it's not pissing them off. It means they're intrigued by the conversation. 713-780-3776. Clarence, you're in the hive. Uh, what up, boys? What's going on? What's up, Big C? You're asking the question, where is he relative to the NFL? That is not a very fair question to ask. He has three preseason games, three, and he barely played in them. His first game, and you keep on forgetting this, he went up against what it's probably going to be another top-five defense with a top-five defensive coach in the Ravens, and he still did pretty okay. Yeah, pretty okay. Where's his development? It's below average. Yeah, where's his development? It's ticking up. Sure, I agree. His team. He did not cost his team the game. So he he's Baker Mayfield. Well throwing four. What was that? So he was Baker Mayfield. He was Ryan Tannehill. Didn't, well, Tannehill is not a good example because he threw three interceptions. I'm not saying that C.J. Stroud should be a top 15 quarterback now. We're going to monitor where C.J. Stroud is his entire career. We're going to monitor where he's at this entire season. I hope that he's a, a top 15 quarterback by week eight. What he did yesterday is not a top 15 quarterback yet. Do I think it's like, should he be? No, I'm not saying that he should be. But I'm interested in monitoring where he's at this entire season. But you're judging him off of that one single solitary game. Big C, didn't I say his development's ahead of schedule? Didn't I say his development's fine? He's where he should be as a rookie? Did I not say that? I said that. Yes, you did, but you, you, you're making it a double thing. You're like, where is he compared to the rest of the league? Isn't that what he's going to be graded on, Big C? Isn't he going to be graded on where he stacks up against his peers for his entire career? When we talk about Josh Allen, do we talk about Josh Allen? Josh Allen is a fourth, fifth-year quarterback? No, we talk about Josh Allen, where he's at in the NFL. When we look, let's see, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's in his second year, right? Where is Kenny Pickett amongst NFL starters? This is the conversation you have with quarterbacks. Where do they stack up versus the rest of the league? Do I think that C.J. Stroud should be top 15 right now? No, I don't think C.J. Stroud should be top 15 right now. What I am intrigued by and what I want to keep tabs on is at what point he gets there. What point he gets there? You're judging him after this one game. I think he did pretty well considering... He had a bad offensive line. He was running for his life. The running game was pretty much non-existent. And, yeah, you say he didn't score a touchdown. Big C, let, me, let me ask he you this question. There. Big C, where do, where would, if you put together a quarterback power ranking after week one, where's C.J. Stroud? After week one, yeah. out of 32 teams, we didn't see the other two last night. I would put him... 18, 19. Below par. It's below par. 
Appreciate the call, Big C. 713-780-ESPN. More callers on hold. Want to get in on this. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about the good people at my bookie because you know football never stops. And you know what? Maybe you never sleep. And you're always looking for some action. You're looking for something to do. And maybe you want a live dealer that's going to get you some casino games. When there's no games being played, maybe you got insomnia and you're up all night. They are going to be up with you. They are going to be there for you every step of the way. I love mybookie.ag. They are always taking care of their customers. That's just another way. they got tons of contests and other things going on that you can get involved in that can possibly get you some extra chances to win. But, of course, you go to the old mainstays, and when you're calling and picking games and looking against spreads and money lines and all those things and even prop bets, that's the place to go to. And the other thing that always makes it better going to mybookie.ag, in my opinion, is the fact that they've got a promo code, and when you use it, you cash in. It's bet975. And when you use that promo code when you first sign up, you're going to get extra money in your account. Assuming you put $50 or more in, you'll have more in your in your account when you use that code, and then you'll have more money to play with, more chances to win, more games to possibly bet on. Same thing if you're an existing customer and you reload. The reload bonus works the same way with the same benefits for their customers. That's why you remember the promo code at all times, bet975. Use it whenever you can and cash in throughout the entire football season and for all the other sports too. And like I said, casino betting as well with live dealers. Check them out today. Mybookie.ag, promo code bet975. And as I always tell you, bet anything, anytime, anywhere with the only place I tell you to do it's mybookie.ag. Razor blunt. That's what I try to do. Are we comparing Will Anderson to other pass rushers around the NFL? Like he finished, what, top five yesterday and like pass rushes, hurries. But C.J. Stroud, we have to put training wheels on for him? We can't compare C.J. Stroud versus other quarterbacks in the NFL? Not even asking C.J. Stroud to be up there now. But, like, all these people in the text line right now are saying, he's a rookie. It's not fair to compare him to other quarterbacks. Yeah, it is. He's a starting quarterback in the NFL, one of 32. It's totally fair to compare him to other starting quarterbacks. I just think if you said that you're gonna, we're going to do this all year long, and we are because he is in the crosshairs more than any other on this team. And if we're going to do it game by game, week week by week, then in week one, I personally don't think it's fair to grade him as he relates to the rest of the NFL for the rest of this season and the rest of his career. That's I why feel I asked like you when it's because, fair. What? That's why I asked you, when is it fair to start, start comparing him? Right, before I could answer, you kept going. And, and you, and then you, and but you, you got, weren't you, giving you, me an answer. When is it fair to compare him to the rest of the NFL? It's a simple question. It's fair. I was trying to answer it. And I, when I kept telling you that it's fair when you start talking about, do you have the, the right people and that the people on your roster healthy? Do you have you surrounded him with the right amount of talent? Have you given him enough time and coaching and experience to get his feet wet enough to where it's fair to judge him as whether he's going to be your franchise quarterback or not. That could be this whole year and then some. That could be midseason. That depends on a lot of variables. There are a lot of moving variables when trying to make a decision like that. So if I heard you right, it's possible that you go the entire year without comparing him to the rest of the league. No, to make the fight. If he's going the rest of the year with a makeshift offensive line and BS receivers and and and, and a first time offensive coordinator that's that's still trying to figure out the right place to call that he can play that could get possibly work with the way that the penetration's coming up, that I don't know that that's fair to degrade this guy's career on to say I'm going to compare him to guys that do have an offensive line that do have a wide receiver one and go to guys and have better skill set position players. You didn't answer the question. I so, did answer the question. I asked you we could go this entire year without comparing them to other quarterbacks. Yes, it's possible. Okay, well, there's the answer. 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Davis, you're in the hive of the Killer Bees. What's up, Davis? Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's up? What's up, Davis? So so I have um, so 
I'm thinking you can't compare C.J. Stroud to all the quarterbacks in the NFL, but you can you can compare him to the rest of the rookies. If you think about it, C.J. Stroud got picked in the second round, and look what Richardson did yesterday, and he got picked in the third round. I mean, I'm sorry, in the yeah third. So you can't. I'm thinking you can't compare him to the rest of the rookies. But not all the quarterbacks, but I think the rookies. You should be able to compare and see where C.J. Stroud is. Okay. So if you look at the three rookies in the NFL yesterday, I have C.J. Stroud second. Richardson. I thought Richardson was better. I thought Stroud was better than Young. Young threw two picks yesterday. Mm-hmm. That's, I, would, I would have him ranked the exact same way. I thought Richardson, they didn't win, but I don't think that anybody expected them to be in the game as much as they were. His you usage is a little high for me, too. Richardson, He's throwing it too much and running it too much. I, I had a hard time getting like a good read on Richardson's game yeah. because I didn't really feel like – I, it felt like he's so high, so low. I don't really know who he is as a quarterback. And maybe that's going to be his story all along. But, like, I just – I don't think he had a good day yesterday either. I think I – think I think all the rookies were poor. Yeah. I think Steichen's going to make – because of the fact that it's sometimes the bigger uphill battle is that you've got to get a, a head coach and an offensive coordinator that's more old school or doesn't want to take advantage of the skill set. Steichen's the best possible quarterback for that kid. And as much as I don't, I don't think he, I still think he needed two years. But I think Steichen can make that kid serviceable and, and a little better. But why are we looking at Bryce Young and uh, Anthony Richardson as where they are relative to their first ever start? Like we're giving C.J. Stroud those training wheels, but we're not with Richardson. We're not with Bryce Young. Like, is it because we're in Houston and we're taking it easy on the rookie? Look again. I think Stroud where he's at. Game one. I thought he looked good yesterday. Look at my tweet right after the game. I think C.J. Stroud overall was impressive. There's a lot of promise. All the things that he struggled with are things that are more rookie mistakes as opposed to lack of talent. I think Stroud's got tons of talent. I thought Stroud played okay for his first ever game in the NFL. But he's one of 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. This is this is professional football. We're not going to like put kids gloves on and whenever we're talking about C.J. Stroud. Where was he good? Where was he bad? Does this performance stack up to the rest of the league? If that is the quarterback performance you're getting from one of your 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, you're not going to win many games. It's why they scored nine points. Yes, the offensive line stinks. Yes, the receivers are not very good. They lack tons of talent. I get all of that. But if that is what you're putting on your stat line, that's what you're putting on film, you're not going to win many football games. Okay. I mean, in, in, week, in week one, he didn't win a game. And, I'm and, with well, you on week one. I thought he looked fine in week one. We're for his first ever NFL game. I'm with you. Like, that was a just, promising start. I just won't. It'll take me a while before I'll, I'll label him a Davis Mills. I, I'll say yeah. because of the – and then I'll stack it up against the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. And I, like I said, I have deep concerns because of what he doesn't have. Not because they're on other teams or they're still in college. I'm with you. Like the the biggest issues yesterday were offensive line For before sure. they were his. Like he was fine. He was fine. But I'm not going to have kids' gloves and training wheels on a professional NFL quarterback. He's not a kid. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Back out to the HRMP listener line. Robbie, you're in the hive with the Killer Bees. What's up, Robbie? Hey, how you doing today? What's up, Robbie? Okay, Davis Dunn stole my question. I was uh, going to talk about how he compared to the other rookies, but let's expand on that and say how he compares to the second-year rookie quarterbacks or the third-year rookie quarterbacks, and I'll hang up and listen to you. Appreciate the uh, the call there, Robbie. Look, Kenny Pickett was awful yesterday. Like Pickett and uh, Stroud, Stroud was better than Pickett yesterday. So yep. there's one. That's the only second-year starter, right? Because Malik yes. Willis is the backup in Tennessee, although he might be, be in Atlanta. Oh, uh, just in Atlanta. 
Uh, Ritter, 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 Ritter is probably better than C.J. Stroud yesterday. Like, I don't know. They ran the ball a lot. What, what did got, Ritter do that C.J. Stroud did He got the ball to Bijan Robinson quickly. I just feel like I feel like everything Desmond did was because of Bijan. Sure. And look, that's fine. I mean, Drake did his job, catches. though. But look, if we're sitting here saying C.J. Stroud didn't lose the game for you, which is fair, Desmond Ritter was 15 of 18, threw a touchdown. Like, he didn't lose the game. His quarterback rating was way better. Desmond Ritter was better than Stroud yesterday. Was, was some of that because of the people around him? Absolutely. Quarterback is a dependent variable position. You need guys around you. But Ritter was better than Stroud. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's, it's how you... you perceived the grading procedure you, you broke it up and looking at it two different ways and, and obviously on the on the larger scale for the long haul I, I you can't as a franchise survive with a quarterback like that you can't expect that this is the kind of guy you want to be your franchise quarterback but because just simply on week one I'll take what I got versus what you know we saw a year ago Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN text line hates me. Uh, talks out of both sides of his mouth. Branham's an idiot. Annoying. Uh, Rusty and friends would I bet they compared Stroud across the league if he played spectacular. Since he didn't, here comes the excuses. I am hearing a lot of excuses for Stroud, quite frankly. And I like Stroud. I think he has high promise. But we're we're we're, act, we're, we're putting training wheels on Stroud. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Adam, you're in the hive with the killer bees. What's up, Adam? Hey guys. Good afternoon. This infuriated me that I had to actually call in. I just listened to you for a couple of years. And it's it, it's hard for me to understand how people don't get this simple concept. We have quarterback ratings. We have – you even said he, you felt he was 17th or 18th. And then somebody says – or a bunch of people said it's not fair. Why is it not fair? There's like 10 or 15 guys below him that have been in the league many years longer than he has, yeah. and they suck. And so I think it's a very fair rating. They all have quarterback ratings. Let the quarterback ratings come out this week if they already haven't come out, and let's see what it looks like. I mean, it is what it is. He's going to get better. He looked great. I think he looked better than Dak did. And just compare the numbers, and we know what what is what and where they fall. Appreciate it. I don't understand why the synapses aren't firing with all these people. Because he's the rookie quarterback, and we're going to protect him. Like, I think it's that simple. And, like, again, for game one, it was fine. Like, I'm I'm not saying it wasn't. Like, I was encouraged. Go look at the Twitter. But... The other thing is too, like Big C put him at eighteen. Like I'll, I'll I'll do the digging, I'll do the homework assignment, I'll see where he stacked up versus every NFL quarterback QB rating, rating, whatever. I'll I'll look at, I'll do the prep, I'll do the homework. But if, if Big C, let's just say Big C was right, he's eighteenth. Isn't that really good for a rookie quarterback? That's outstanding. That's terrific. That's fantastic. Do we like ESPN's QBR? I don't know. I think I think QBR and rate, quarterback ratings both stink. Yeah, if I'm being like, honest. If you're looking at the overall, like just the rating system, the quarterback rating, he was 21st. If you look at QBR, which I, ESPN does all these weird things with their numbers, he's 25th. Okay, like, that's about. Like, I would I would I would say I that's thought, about right. I thought he was lower than 18th. To I mean, to, to be honest, like when I look at like my problem with these things, though, is like my eyes tell me that that's not right. Like I watched CJ Stroud. I've watched for some reason. I watched a lot of the Cardinals game. He was better than Josh Dobbs, but if you look at QBR, he was in front of Dobbs. He was definitely better than Justin Fields. He was definitely better than Kenny Pickett. And those guys are in front of him in front of QBR, which like I just don't agree with. Even Sam Howell, like But let's just take it for it's let's take it for what it's worth. Yeah, and for what it's worth, let's he's twenty fourth. Let's just say twenty fifth. All right, let's just go the combination of all of them. Let's just put him twentieth. Like let's just put him twentieth. Yeah, that's that's great. below average for the relative quarterback in the NFL. For a guy that's starting his first ever game in the NFL, it's fantastic. Like, I don't understand why we're so hesitant to stack him up against the other 31 starting quarterbacks. Even if he's below average in 20th, 
That's great for a quarterback that's just getting started in the NFL. I think the reason why a lot of people are going to be hyper-protective in this situation is because of what they've endured and what was so hard for them to stomach with Davis Mills and previous in the fact that they're they're so desperate for this guy to be the guy right away and like almost immediately that they're not that it's harder for them to digest the the, the conversation. I think that I was basing my grade on what I saw as in a guy in his first game in the NFL yesterday. It's a totally different conversation when you start saying, "Okay, stack him up against the rest of the league." But that's what I asked you to do. I mean, I asked you to do that. Like I said, let's look at one vacuum. Let's look at the other vacuum. Right, we agreed you asked on me vacuum. When it was going to happen, and also when we were actually starting it, it was just like we're going to grade him every week. Well, my grade for this week is passing. It's a thumbs up. Now, you know, when, when I see that he has everything in front of him, the resources are there. And if I see him failing or faltering or turning the ball over or still hanging out to the ball too long, then I'll give him a grade accordingly. Let's go cross-sport reference here. Are we grading Hunter Brown where he's at as a rookie, or are we grading Hunter Brown, or should he be in the playoff rotation? Like, why, do, why don't we have kids' gloves with Hunter Brown? Why don't we make excuses with Hunter Brown? Why this are, is not why Hunter Brown's first start in the freaking league. But he's a rookie. So what? Well, let's have the same conversation as Hunter Brown when he's had enough games, when C.J. Stroud's had enough games under his belt, too. You said that we might not do that until year two. Right, because I don't know when those variables are going to be shorn up with the injuries on the offensive line and, and, and having his full complement. And even then, his full complement ain't great, but you're, I'll, I'll be happy to do that if I know that he's got a healthy team around him and, and, and everything's there for him to be hit or miss. Seven one three seven eight zero espn We can carry this over to the other side. Also, we got to get to the Kevin Porter Jr. news. This is horrific. This is, uh, this is absolutely awful. It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Right now, I want to tell you about my good friend doc linville doc linville best in the business at the neograph procedure doc linville has been doing this for a long time and he knows exactly what he's doing and if you don't know what the neograph procedure is you should especially if you're experiencing baldness or thinning in your hair and you think there's nothing you can do to get your hair back you can just shave your head or you can try the sprays and the creams and the foams that mask the problem nope this is getting your own hair back and getting it where you need it most and really it's quite simple you're never genetically going to lose the hair on the sides in the back of your head he just takes that hair from that place where it's never going away, puts it where you need it to stay. And that would be maybe your hairline in front or up on top or in the back where you've got that bald spot showing. And really, to me, having gone through the procedure personally, I can tell you it's painless. You're going you're gonna to wake up the next day, and when you look at it, you're going to already see the follicles, and they're going to start to grow. You're going to see the full results in about six to nine months. But at the same time, you're still going to see those follicles daily getting stronger and longer and developing the way you want them to. It was really intriguing and was fascinating to me. And then to see the results, and quite honestly, Doc Linville will tell you, 95 to 99% of the follicles he moves are going to stay and grow and be with you for the long haul. I recommend you check check out Doc Linville and his staff. I recommend even more you go to 975hair.com if you're going to because you get a free consultation that normally costs 150 bucks. Ask all the questions. Get all the answers. There's no obligations, nothing that you, no money out of pocket, nothing that you're signing on the dotted line for, and you could reap the benefits of getting your hair back. Check them out today, 975hair.com. Tell them Joel sent you by. Houston fans have been waiting this, waiting for this for a long time. Big 12 football. Houston Cougars will clash with last year's national championship runner-up, TCU Horn Frogs. Time to fill up TDECU Stadium on Saturday. Buy a Cougar Paul package, which includes three games, and you can select TCU as one of those games. Package is only $66, does not include Texas. Get your tickets today. Go to uhcougars.com slash tickets or call 713-GO-COUGS. Giving away a pair of tickets right now. Caller number 12. 
to 713-780-3776. You're headed to see Houston and TCU Saturday. Big 12 opener for the Houston Cougars. Uh, Blankers, Kevin Porter Jr., not good news coming out of uh, New York earlier today. Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, booked. Uh, he was arrested, uh, alleged domestic violence with his girlfriend. He plays WNBA. Um, how do you handle this if you're Tillman Fertitta, Rafael Stone, with the the allegations of what's going on with Kevin Porter Jr.? Well, if you remember, Jeremy, and this is ever since we've had this conversation about the Rockets and Kevin Porter Jr. It's never been about his basketball. But I think the contract that they just gave him, the extension that they gave him, was written a certain way for a certain reason. And so the Rockets can handle it a variety of different ways. They they are not pigeonholed into a corner right now. And I think they're going to let you know the system play out a little bit before they make any judgment. But I think that with a new coach and a new system uh, and a new way of doing business and basketball, uh, I think that we already said that this was the kid that might be first in, in the crosshairs of – uh, uh, Udoka in the fact that Ime is going to do it his way, and he wants players that are going to both on and off the court. And it's tough to ask for a guy that's been through some stuff himself, but as a basketball coach, he's looking for guys that are going to give him and play and do things a certain way. And I think it's tough now that you're coming into a, a you know a situation with a new system and a new coach, and this this kind of thing happens. So I think that as much as I think the Rockets, the, the quick answer should be the Rockets should just, you know, swiftly do something, take action, and be done with it. You got to get all the facts. You got to do the intel. You got to figure it out. But I think that there's a track record with this kid off the court that you got to be really, really cognizant of that plays into all of this because that locker room is still young and fragile to where, yeah, you added a couple of veterans. But I think that if the facts start to stack up and you can see that the legitimacy of the case is there, the Rockets have to make a really tough decision. But I think they got to make a quick decision. This shouldn't be a tough decision. If you have a guy beating up his girlfriend, he should be gone. He should be cut. Like yeah, you shouldn't saying, employ you gotta, him on you your team. Guarantee. I mean, you got to you have to have the you have to have the facts stack up that verifies. I'm fine. Up. I'm fine letting the justice process yeah. go like play its you know do its thing. But Kevin Porter Jr. is nowhere near my organization. He's not in my locker room. He is away from the team entirely until the investigation's concluded. And after the investigation's concluded, if this stuff is true, see ya. I'm cutting them. I'm eating the money. I do not care. Yeah, I, I had said before this incident came up that that's already what they should have done, and I, and they didn't do it. And I know exactly why they didn't do it is because Rafael Stone, as his first time as a general manager, saw this as being one of his one of his signature moves. He went out and got somebody that you know he he basically didn't have to give up anything to go get that showed that on the basketball court had a a boatload of talent. But with that, there was a reason why he had problems at SC. There was a reason why the Caval- he had problems with the Cavaliers. And then what a lot of people again. And they did a hell of a job of doing what they had to do. But a lot of people didn't realize this hasn't been a cakewalk since he's been in Houston either. So I thought the decision already should have been made. But when you go out and give them a contract like you did, and at least to their credit, they structured it a certain way mm-hmm. to where they had outs. I still wouldn't have given them that contract. You didn't have to. But now still having those outs and knowing what you know more than ever, I think the decision should be very easy to make quickly. Yeah. Uh, Julio Lugo did this back in 2003. It was on, like, they had video evidence parking of it, lot, so it right? made it really easy. Yeah, I think it was at Minute Maid, right? Yeah, it was, I think it was after parking a parking lot at Minute Maid. So they had it on video. They saw all of this. So it's not like an apples-to-apples apples comparison because you don't have video of KPJ doing this. You have some allegations. You have some witnesses. You have the police report, which is all 
very damning uh, to Kevin Porter Jr., but it made it very easy for Jerry Hunsaker to do it like because he saw it on the video. And they DFA'd Julio Lugo like hours after it happened. I get that the Rockets have to like kind of see how it all plays out, but while it's going on, not with the organization, not in the team facilities, and the moment, if it is true... Like, you're parting ways with Kevin Porter Jr. You're right, too. Like, the whole incident last year in the locker room and stuff, like, that was that was enough to also cut him. Um, I, I didn't mind the contract because of the way it was structured. Like, you gave yourself insurance in case Kevin Porter Jr. did some things that you wanted to cut him over, and this is one of those things you're going to cut him over. So I actually credit uh, Rafael Stone for structuring the contract the way that he did. Well, he did, and I think that, this wasn't. You take the Cleveland episode into it. You take the the, the issues at Southern Cal. You take a, a lot of the stuff that people don't know, and you say, "Look, it's one thing if Stephen Silas is still your head coach and he's running a loose locker room and, and things are going a certain way, and even still, it's not acceptable. But now, when you're younger than ever before, but you also have some veterans on the squad where you're trying to, as they say, phase two, trying to take it to the next level. That's when." You've got to make a harder, sterner decision quicker and say, look, I know that we didn't have to give up much. I know this kid can play basketball, but I know right now we're in a very fragile state as an organization and we're trying to make progress. Mm-hmm. This is not going to give us progress. This is going to take us down a step or two. See, even those conversations I have trouble getting to. Like, I have trouble even getting to a basketball conversation. I have trouble even getting to the what does the rest of our team look like. Like, this takes precedence over basketball. This takes precedence over your roster. This happens. I'm not associated with this guy. I don't care if it was Michael Jordan. Like you do something like this, you're not associated. You're not wearing the Houston Rockets on your chest. Like I don't care how good you are. I don't care about the Rockets. And like I heard a lot of people t- on Twitter today too. I feel really bad for Kevin Porter. No, no, I don't feel bad for I Kevin don't. Porter Jr. I feel bad for his girlfriend that had to Absolutely. endure that. If you're saying that, oh man, I really feel bad for Kevin Porter Jr. I was hoping that it worked out here. You need to reevaluate yourself. But let's also be clear too. When I say that you got to get your intel, you're, I'm not waiting for the, the for the the police department yeah. in New York. I got my own intel. Between league sources, security people, and people that know and are in the know, they're going to find out a hell of a lot quicker than it is going to to follow through the legal process. And that's where I better have that information in 24 to 48. And the minute that I get it, now I'm making my organization's decision regardless of how long it takes and what you decide legally. If if this is true, I can't imagine him ever wearing a Rocket logo again, quite frankly. Uh, But you know what? Sadly, though, Jeremy, he'll have a job in the league. I don't know. I don't know. Like, he got waived by Cleveland, and he did far less than this. But the true. Rockets took a chance. I don't think he ever plays in the NBA again. I, I, I don't think he should. If this if is it's true. true. Yeah. But I also think that there's enough guys that you know in the last year, the people that have ogled over his basketball talent, that some some team is again going to take a chance. I, I don't think so, and I hope not, quite I hope, frankly. I hope I'm wrong. All right, let's play Will of Bits, Joe. What do you have in store for us today? It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time to call your shot. Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. <laughs> time to call your shot. The Astros play a bunch of dog turds over the next six games. The A's and then the Royals. The Astros' record in the next six games will be... What? Five and one. Five and one. I believe in this team's offense. I, I believe that there are still questions to answer with the starting pitching. I believe in the bullpen. Fine, better than fine. I think there, there, there's not. I don't have a, a major issues with the bullpen, especially the last three guys. 
I believe against these teams, with the offense now, with this team healthy, and what they're capable of doing, whether Maldi's in the lineup or not, or Dusty Tinkers more than he should, I believe they're going to go 5-1. and one. They went 5-1 and one on the road trip. Uh, they, they should, and especially in this situation, I know it, everybody, oh, it's at home, they're terrible at home. Okay, all right, fine. If you believe that, then that's on you, 5-1. and one. What road trip? The road trip that they went on when they went, they, was the, they, they got the stinker where they were almost no hit by the Tigers, and then didn't they finish the rest of the trip? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, with the Red Sox? Okay, you're going back to last one. Okay, I got you. Astros have a way of playing down to their competition. I know, they do. They have a way of kind of coasting once they've gotten the lead. I'm going to go four and two for the Astros over the next six. Now, they've been playing better ball, but they have a way of coasting. They have a way of playing down to their competition. Now, let's say they do go four and two. It's a disappointing six-game stretch because you're winning both series. It's not disappointing depending on what the the other two teams do. The other two teams' schedules are a lot harder. And, and so you would assume that you wouldn't lose you wouldn't I don't think you'd lose any ground at four and two. Uh, I think there's a good possibility you could gain ground on at least one, if not both teams at four and two. Yeah. So at this point in the season, four and two is just fine. I just think if, if you truly believe Bregman and you see the numbers that they're pushing put, putting up more times than not, five and one is is something that I believe they should do, they could do, and I believe they will do. If they go four and two, you're mad. Yeah, you nah, win series in no, baseball. Yeah. No, I'm not win series in I'm, baseball. What I expect, I expect them to go five and one. All right, that does it for us. What's coming up next, Joe? Me. Mm-hmm. For how long? An hour every day, except for on Thursdays when we dive, don't, debut. Don't act like you're not excited about. I that. am really excited. Six to seven Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays. Right now, Thursday is going to be Jerome and Barry. They're going to start a college football show this week, so it's me and B Mac next. Very good. What is it fair to great C.J. Stroud relative to the rest of the NFL? Hope he's off, baby. <laughs> tomorrow. That does it for us. Thanks to Joe for doing the hard work. He's blank. I'm Brian. I'm talking to you tomorrow, Houston. Where are you calling your show?